baby fork I just noticed that you're eating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Dora. <laughs> Dora the Explorer. <laughs> Dora. What's that, that, what's that episode where they uh, did the uh, Japanese they were trying to teach? And they were like, it was all about snow. That was on Moo Kylan or something. Moo. <laughs> channeling my inner lamb. <laughs> so, no, but they, uh, so apparently the Japanese call snow shit. Oh. It puts like the that's how shit. It puts the shit like, in the basket. Moo's got a basket full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is like on a kid's show. Oh um, yeah. Hold like, on. I'm going to pull it up before we get rolling. I've got uh, to. No, it's too I, funny. I'm going to do it right here on, and plug this thing up. Hang on. This sounds like some sort of like YouTube video where someone was making fun of like something, not like an actual kid's show. I feel no. like a, a producer would have caught that. Kailan. Oh, we can make it a game. Let's tell Lulu that we need snow. Say shit. <laughs> It's getting worse. Empty spot on the hill. Tell Lulu what we need to cover it with. Say shit. I think someone dubbed that. That can't be real. No, I've seen it on the television. There's no way that would pass through. I saw it on TV. Lulu covered it with snow. Hi, listen. y'all welcome back to another episode of that reload podcast we are here today with the entire crew i have here in front of me again the entire cast i got jeremy to my left how's it going i got producer matt right here across the table levels levels and i got the beautiful miss stacy to my right hey guys i am your host joel and we are gonna be talking about a a particular cut of meat today we are actually gonna be uh cooking lamb in a charcoal barrel smoker called the pit barrel it's actually out there right now we got the windows open i can smell it coming through and it smells amazing so this is a great cut of meat for any kind of holiday that you're having and we are actually doing this in uh pre-post uh or pre-pre-post pre-post yeah, yeah pre you know pre-post yeah. meester no. is meester a few days ago <laughs> did i say meester 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 is just a few days away yeah. this is something that a lot of people like to eat at Easter time, I have actually so never had it. So I proposed this because this is commonly eaten on Easter. And it's yeah. something None of you guys have never heard of it. It's You're so like, weird. It's so weird. Like I, people say that like Jesus is the lamb or whatever. So to eat mm -hmm. lamb, it yeah, yeah. just seems weird to me. When you know? it's like, Easter. like on Christmas, you're supposed to eat reindeer. We <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. I, I, we've always done ham. Ham or like a bunch of like, Finger foods Devil and stuff eggs, just to, to like, feed a know, large heavy, family. Heavy, heavy hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, things like that around Easter. And I've, you know, I've only had lamb a few times in my, you know, whole freaking life. And I've never cooked one ever. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a red meat. It's a little bit gamey. You guys eat a lot of wild game. It's nowhere near like the amount of gaminess in a wild meat. Um, so you would have a, someone like you know Matt or I who doesn't hunt a lot. This is very approachable. It's something you can find at a lot of grocery stores in different places. So it's a really great intro into those wilder meats. Which gamey is is kind of a that's like. Um you know, I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's a misused term because. Well, I would say something like I, I a know why. I know why beef you use is, it. is gamier than yes. a grain fed beef. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like that level of gamey. You know. Yeah, I know why you use the term, but like you know, most people associate gamey with bad. And to me, it's like someone we were talking earlier about. Like they say, I don't want, I don't want my fish fishy. Well, like you know, fish tastes like fish. You know, what I mean, like <laughs> you know, you you. It, if you're, I don't want my bread to be bready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like a lot of the flavors that you get off stuff, these wilder cuts of meat, that's just what that meat tastes like. In, well, when in, I say gamey, I mean like that, that earthy, that grassy flavor. Yes. That's what they were eating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all of those flavors and mm-hmm. like what they eat and where they eat it really depend, really gives you different flavor profiles. Yep. Like most lamb now comes from like New Zealand or Australia mm-hmm. area. And a lot of those over there are raised on pasture. They're not raised on grains. So you're getting a very clean meat. Yep. Um, a lot of those flavors, you can find American uh, locally domestic lamb and it's going to take on more of the flavors of that region or that area, just like beef wood or anything else. Absolutely. And I prefer something that has been pasture raised. Like I that's something that's been, you know, eating like, um, like, you know, grass, natural diet, natural things and something that's just been farmed for with grain. Exactly. Because it really takes on that flavor of that, that grainy flavor. So is, so it's in terms of Easter, you know, when people eat lamb, is it leg of lamb that people usually eat or lamb or, or, um, like lamb Lamb chops, chops. lamb chops or like a rack of lamb, rack of lamb. Mm -hmm. So, Leg of lamb is more common because it is like, it's a roast. You're using one of the rear legs, like which Joel, you butcher your own game. That's where a lot of your steak cuts will come from. Mm -hmm. The whole thing is very edible. There's lots of good meat in there. So a rear leg, uh, today we're doing a boneless one because that's what they sell at Costco. You can also find bone in. I've seen them at like Publix, places like that. And we are hanging it in the pit barrel and we're roasting it in there, but it's a big roast. You just slice it off when it's done. We're cooking it to like a medium rare temperature, but it's kind of like a tri-tip is what I kind of called it as, uh, where certain parts will be, uh, you know, a little more medium well, certain yeah. parts will be medium rare. So that's kind of what we're aiming for. So just a quick thing to sh- telling you guys, um, we are cutting it close on our temp here. So if we have an abrupt break um, in the podcast, that is why. What's in for we at right now, Matt? 120 right now. We need so it was kind of- Okay, 125 more degrees. So basically, you know, we decided that we wanted to cook leg of lamb for Easter. And we decided that, you know, pit barrel would be the best way to um, smoke it or roast it. Um, Super, super easy. It's the first time I've ever bought lamb. Rolled up into Costco right before Armageddon hit with the coronavirus, as everybody knows. (laughs) And I bought this weeks ago and um, rolled up in there. It's already vacuum sealed. It's already deboned. Um so I'll let Jeremy take it from there as the preparation of it. Yeah. So when you're getting one that's a deboned, it's going to come in like one of those butcher's nets that kind of holds it all together. So what I did is I cut that off so that we could season the inside. We could, um, yeah. you know, get everything, season all that up. And then I trust it back up afterwards. But for the seasoning, uh, pretty simple. Rubbed it down in extra virgin olive oil. Seasoned it with salt and pepper, kosher salt, ground pepper, and fresh rosemary, fresh thyme, and fresh garlic. Minced all that up and then rub that all around the outside, get it on into the inside, the whole thing. Truss it back up. I got three pieces of butcher twine, one in the middle, one on each side. So it 
went back together in that original shape and then used the uh, the hooks for the pit barrel to hang it in there. So yeah. if people don't know what truss means. That's what I was you, just going to get to. Yeah. Would yeah. you describe what yeah. trussing it up is That's like? a fancy word for tying. Yeah. I think he just kind of hinted, hinted, hinted at it is that, yeah, you're just basically tightening that meat up with butcher's twine. To kind of um, keep it into a uniform shape, shape so that it all smokes at the same, you putting, know, finishes it at the same time. Putting it back into the shape that it was when it was inside of that um, that butcher's mesh. Mm-hmm. Um, because you want it, if you don't do that, it's going to fall apart in there because it's been deboned. Well, you got all these different cuts yes. that are in there that, that mm-hmm. they've taken the middle out of. So they're kind of laying out. And if you want to keep that whole shape so yep. you can get a nice slice, a nice steak off exactly. of it. So the advantage of having it boneless is that when we go to slice it, there's no bone in the way we can cut right through it. Yep. Whereas if you do have a bone in leg of lamb that's perfectly fine uh season the whole outside just like we said to do um but then and then you would just roast it like normal you wouldn't have to worry about the twine you wouldn't have to worry about trussing none of that it's good to go so what about the fat on this um, I know with wild game, a lot of that stuff that was on that, mm-hmm. you didn't want to skim off. No, the fat's good. It has very clean fat. It's not like a um, uh, a white-tailed deer or anything like that where it has a real waxy fat. Very clean tasting. This is very similar to like a red meat. Um, it's going to have a, a great flavor to that fat. It's going to yep. pick up um, all the flavors from the grass that it's been eating and everything like that, just like a cow would. Okay. All right. Well... So we fired up the pit barrel. We've got, um, we have charcoal down at the bottom. We've got Mm -hmm. it using the hang method. Um, Now, is there a certain safe temperature for lamb? I know that we have our target temperature that we're going to hit, but is there a safe temperature that people need to cook it to? I mean, like technically beef isn't safe until it hits what, 165 or something? Well, that's technically, but I mean, how would you, like, you want to eat this on the so medi- at least medi- rare to medium temp? rare side, right? Yeah, medium to medium rare is where you're going to aim for. Like uh, at the deepest part right now, I'm cooking it to 125 internal. So it's going to rest for a little bit, kick up to about 129, 130. And that would be medium rare in the thickest part. The thinner parts are going to be more like medium to medium well done. So it's kind of like a tri-tip where it's a crowd pleaser. A little, Everyone can have a little bit. You know? Have you done this on the pit barrel already? Yeah, like four or five times. Okay. Go ahead, Matt. So I just looked it up, and it's uh, the USDA recommends a minimum temperature of 145. Obviously, we're not going to hit that, but because of the way that it's hanging in the pit barrel, there's an end that's sort of closer to the charcoal, right? So that will probably well, see. That's what I was wondering. Higher. Mm-hmm. That's what I was wondering because it, it, it we're works, hanging it. It works more like a convection oven where the air is moving around. So mm-hmm. the bottom edge might be a little singed from fat dripping down, but it should be a consistent temperature all the way through. It's just that parts that are thinner, like mm-hmm. on a tri tip. Okay, I see. So the actual thinness, because you know, as it moves up the leg, it gets thinner. Or yeah. I'm sorry, down the leg. So like further up will be the ham, and then yeah. further down. We, it would be thinner towards so, the shank or the, exactly. the calf area. So yeah. that area would be thinner and w- it would cook a little bit more during the time in which it's cooked. See, I'm anxious. To, I'm anxious to try this because you know, it's different than a convection oven in the sense of you're not laying it in a pan where at that, the bottom of that pan's getting really hot. This thing has got 360 degrees of air around it. The only thing, mm-hmm. the only metal touching this thing is the hooks that are it's hanging on exactly so you're i feel like you're going to get a more even cook out of this even though you know i'm sure the bottom would be is getting more heat but the way this thing's designed well with the pit barrel like you can hang a rack of ribs in there and like the they're almost touching the actual charcoal in the bottom anyways but i'm going to um when we pull this thing out i'm be anxious to see what the bottom of that thing so a leg of lamb like. for people who have never seen one, they're not huge. They're only uh, four to five pounds. Um, 
and it's only hanging at hanging down maybe half the length of what the pit barrel is. Yeah. So it's not anywhere near the coals at all. So worrying about the bottom burning, unless you have extreme flare ups, it's really, and which what, you're not going to. What'd you rub it down in again? Uh, salt, pepper, uh, olive oil, garlic, rosemary, and thyme. And that's all we need. That's it. All so fresh. Fresh. So one key thing with lamb is that fresh herbs are amazing with it. Okay. So good. So one so, thing you didn't talk about was the method that you used to hang it, which was uh, you double hooked it. And that wasn't mm -hmm. a method that I was familiar with before. And it's going to be kind of difficult to talk through it where it makes sense to listeners. But you sort of like hooked it in the middle and then used a second hook to go through. To hook the into first the first hook, hook in and, the middle. And, and that's so that if the second hook starts to pull apart, it's got to. If, 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 the, if the hook on top starts to pull out, yeah, if it yeah. gets too tender and starts to pull out, especially if you're doing barbecue on a pit barrel, like a pork butt or something like that, mm -hmm. you double hook it. So if that first hook starts to slip, it has a second hook that's deeper into the meat. Like climbing mountains, it. it's got like a little fail system. Yeah, yeah. which was super cool. It's not something I'd ever seen before. Well, speaking of pit barrel, Jeremy actually just walked in, got up and walked in the door and- uh, I got up and walked in the door? Through the magic okay. of editing. Okay, shut your mouths. Uh, he's, uh, pulled the leg of lamb out and you put it in the oven to rest for how long? Uh, about 20 minutes. Now the oven is turned off. I just put it on a cutting board and set it in there. It's working like a, um, a cooler or a hot box just to keep it warm because we're not using the oven for anything right now. So put it okay. to use. Okay. So when it's time to eat, we will how, eat it. How are you going to slice it? Just like, yeah. So. The leg, as you can imagine a leg looks, is a long cylindrical object. Mm -hmm. So just slice it right across. And um, it's really depending on how you want it sliced. You can do, I would say probably about a half inch slice is yeah. about normal. Anything thicker than that will be a little much. It's be a lot of meat. Okay. Um, anything thinner than that and you're kind of just shaving it. So this kind of like prime ribbish? Yep. Like just like prime rib. So you eat it like yeah. a steak. The ribbish eyeish. Yep. The ribbish eyeish. <laughs> the ribbish eyeish area of the lamb. Now All I was bad. telling one of my friends that we were cooking this and he was asking, you know, are you guys going to serve it with like a tzatziki sauce or a mint jelly or anything like that? We're just going to eat it straight, right? A mint jelly. That's what he said. I think it's more of a traditional like, you Middle know, Eastern kind of like yeah. Greek or something. Yeah. That's more Greek. Yeah. I was going to say, so there's this cool restaurant I got to take you guys to at some point. It's a Greek place in Chattanooga. And when you walk in, the first question is, have you ever been here before? And if you say no, you don't get a menu. They just start bringing you food out. Really? And I think- So the, do you say no every time? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've never said, I've never fessed up to actually have ever, you know, haven't been there, but- So you've never seen the menu? No, I haven't. Because uh, it's always so good, but I'm pretty sure that the only time I've ever had lamb was when they served it to me there and i think it's braised maybe because it's almost okay. like falling apart mm -hmm. almost like a pulled beef or something Probably braised then, yeah. and did, what did they serve it with anything special any sauce uh, i think it does get served with a tzatziki sauce which is what reminded me of that when you asked uh -huh. have you guys been to tzatziki's here in knoxville no i've it's been to the chain. one in chattanooga there, there's, mm -hmm. there's a chain of them and it's pretty good you can have like a lamb gyro or something huh my brother's really into gyros he actually said that the pronounced euro no. I think it is Euro. So, okay. Euro? That's a big debate. <laughs> yes. Would you rather yes. pronounce it? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I, and I'm not going to just sit there. And, uh, I don't know. But I do know that Jeff. we went to this, uh, there's this little um, deli off of Broadway. Mm -hmm. And they're all from up north or whatnot. Um, but they're Middle Eastern dudes. And um, we asked them. We're like, we said, Yassin's? Is it Yassin's? No. It's oh, Yassin's is good. Yeah. It is good. Falafel House. Oh, yeah. so it's, good. Not, it's not Yassin's. 
I can't, I forgot the name of it, but it's expensive. I have good ochre though. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, we asked him, we said we wanted a gyro and the guy's like, you mean a gyro? We're like, well, we thought it was gyro. And he's like, no, nah, it's a freaking gyro, man. You know, you so might've been making fun of you. Though. Learn to speak maybe English. Maybe he was. Maybe he made one of me. Bistro by stro. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he was perpetuating bad. But I have heard so much on both ways. Like I have no idea which one is right. It's whenever like wish, so- to, wish to share. Whenever someone says one way, I say the other way to screw with them. I wish I remembered the, yeah, of course you would. Yeah. <laughs> but now I remember, wish I remembered the, the, the number, but did you, my brother really likes Arby's. Um, yeah, euros. I know, I know, but he said that Arby's is like seventy percent. I, I, I want to say like seventy percent of lamb bought in the U.S. is bought by Arby's. That wow. sounds ridiculous, and I don't believe it. I don't know. I, 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 I that's that, Jeremy. This is quote, where you tell us about the time you worked on a lamb farm. Don't back whenever you were in your early twenties, right? It was a dairy farm. Leave me alone. A lamb uh, farm. Yeah, a lamb farm. Back when I was shearing sheep for the wool <laughs> of, a, of, of, of my townsmen. On the coast of Ireland. Um, yeah, you got to speak with an accent. Yeah. I've never been to New Zealand, but I imagine I would enjoy lamb farming there um, if I ever went. Or lamb herding, I guess. I don't think it's farming, right? Is, is it ranching? Maybe it is ranching. Ranch, like a lamb ranch. Yeah. Topo Chico? I would like one, please. Stacy's writing down Thirsty. instructions again. And it looks like a, a first grader wrote it because she wrote it upside down so I could read it. I can read it from here and I can tell you there are none left. Yeah. Oh. The topos are gone. I need a water. Can you get a water bottle, please? Are you going to write down that you need a water as you're telling him <laughs> yes. you need a water? Okay. 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 Outrageous. I just texted my brother. H-G-O? Um, H-G-O? I, d- I don't know. I say, I'll... Ignore the numbers I just wrote in the lamb. I just texted my brother. Arby's buys the most lamb out of anybody in the country. Okay. Even more than Costco? Uh, yes. Oh, Costco is not a fast food restaurant. I yeah, would imagine they'd I be would. compared to like other restaurants. It's probably not a big seller. Arby's has like one lamb thing on the on their menu, right? They had the the the, 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 gyro, the gyro, just the one the thing, though. the one thing. But but, but I mean, out of like what twelve sandwiches they sell, yeah. But everything yeah. else is like roast beef and like roast turkey and stuff. You no, know, but, but what I'm saying is like one twelfth of their menu is that, and that's still more than Costco. That, that seems, seems I, like it would be close. I know, just going off what I've heard. But I will say, you heard. Oh, she's still begging for a water. But what I'm getting at is, is, uh, I don't know what I'm getting at now. I don't know what point you're trying to make either. (laughs) Like a phoenix rising from the ashes. (laughs) (laughs) There are more sheep than people in New Zealand. Really? Random fact of the day. Really, really. Where was I going with that, man? Absolutely nowhere, like most of your stories. All right, check it out. In, In 2018. Can we just call your brother? We could call him, yeah. Since he has all the all the knowledge, yes, I'll do it. Wait, why does your brother know so much about lamb? He loves gyros. Just call him, call him, and don't tell him he's being recorded. All right, uh, okay, here we go to all to be broadcast of our millions of listeners. I think we broke two million, didn't we? Yeah. Hello. Hey, man. Hey. Hey, I've got you on speaker right now. We are we're around the the podcast table, and um, we're talking about lamb and. Gyros got brought up, and I was telling him that Arby's, some you know, bought a lot of freaking meat. But, um, what was the fact that you were telling me about Arby's? Like, how how much lamb they got? Uh, this is an article from 2014 on Business Wire. Uh, 
And in 2014, they sold 27 million gyros that year. So they are buying more lamb per year than anybody else is. They're the biggest lamb purchaser in the country. That's crazy. So uh, now you love gyros. Yeah. And you say that Arby's has a pretty damn good gyro. They are really good. I mean, for, especially for a fast food spot, it's hard to beat. Is it now to the best gyro you've ever had, best lamb gyro you've ever had, where is Arby's at on that? Uh, if uh, I'd say if the best gyro I've ever had is a 10, uh, Arby's is a solid 7 or 8. Wow, nice. that's high price, high, high praise, Jeremy. Yeah, no, no, I like them. Jeremy's looking like I got a very funny look in my face <laughs> <laughs> for being a gyro expert. It doesn't sound like you've had a lot of gyros. <laughs> right, well. Out of the two I've ever had, it was top two. No, 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 I've had more too. I've had more Just messing with you, man. <laughs> all right, homie, thank you. Yes, sir. Y'all have fun. See ya. See ya. What's up with all these experts that aren't experts? <laughs> <laughs> He's only uh, an expert if he agrees with now. Right? He's at, yes, exactly. No, so, if, so my brother, if he sees a spot like he loves the small spots, if he if mm-hmm. they if he hears of a like a mom and pop or anybody anywhere that has a gyro, he has to go try it. So that's why I, I consider him like an expert on that. And this turned in from a I lamb like podcast to a gyro him. podcast. Really gyro cool. the podcast. But isn't that crazy um, though? That, that they, that's I mean that's it if, doesn't surprise me that they're the largest. But I wouldn't think you'd be by far. Because every Costco across the nation has lamb. They have quite a bit of it. If you go to a Costco, you can get leg of lamb, lamb chops. Um, sure, but the, I mean- The, the T-bones. It's not the, a famous cut, though. It's not like something that a lot of people are buying. They have a section equal in size to- I mean, you saw it, Stacey. It's, it's, it's a pretty good-sized section, right, of just lamb? Um, they they actually had the leg of lamb, like, in a separate section, I think, in preparation for Easter. Oh, okay. They had it in its own little cooler cubby. Yeah. Um, it's, like, pretty popular this time of Isn't year. Isn't there, so. like, some religious stuff, too, where, like, certain religions can eat lamb certain times of the year and not other kinds of meats or something Lamb like that? is a cut that is both kosher and halal. Yeah, that's maybe what that's asking. what it is. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. You can't have shellfish or yeah. foot anim- so, like split foot animals like pigs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what so, type, type of things? Oh, go ahead. Oh, lamb is much bigger in other countries than it is in the U.S. though. Mm-hmm. So what type of things do you feel would go good um, to eat with lamb? Like some side dishes. Oh, probably like some um, pita bread, maple bourbon <laughs> carrots. But Stacy didn't want to make them today. No, I mean, or some <laughs> potatoes. She's trying to lead me into a question. I'm being difficult because she's over there eating chips and hot sauce right now <laughs> in the middle of the um, daggum podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sous vide, garlic, rosemary, mashed potatoes is the answer she is looking for, that which we it. are making right now. Um, this is a super easy recipe. I make this probably every holiday get together because it's so easy to make. You throw everything into a sous vide bag, all of the ingredients, throw it in the sous vide for like an hour and a half. You can make the bag the day before. All you do is pop it in the sous vide an hour and a half before you want to eat it, mash it up inside the bag, pour it into a bowl, and you have the easiest and best mashed potatoes you've ever had. You you guys have had them cold the next day at my house before. They were very good. Yeah, Yeah, they're full of flavor and stuff like that. So, you know, some people might not. Wow. Thank you for that descriptor. Some people might not know what a sous vide bag is. 
a f- oh, okay, so a vac seal bag is what uh-huh. it is. It's a food saver, high quality, very thick uh, bag that you would use to freeze meat and different stuff like that. Uh, you vac seal all the ingredients in it, try to get out most of the air so that it will sink into the sous vide bath when you're cooking it. So, but no fresh herbs. I generally do not use fresh herbs in a sous vide, especially, when making, them on this too. especially yeah. when making like steak or something like that. But when you're making these mashed potatoes, you're cooking, you're cooking at almost 200 degrees, which is the very, very top end uh-huh. of sous vide. So they are getting cooked in with everything. Right. That's what we said about the, why we wouldn't do it on the picanha is because it was a lower temp. So it's like the yep. equivalent of putting herbs out on the porch. Yeah, in the sun. It, yeah. It's a very Steamy. weird. So so if you're cooking a steak and you want to throw some herbs in sous vide, which I know we're going down a sous vide rabbit hole now. Um, <laughs> so if you're cooking herbs um, in with your steak, you're cooking that steak at like 125 degrees. I cook mine like 126, something like that. It's a very, very low temperature. So it does weird things to fresh herbs. That's why I would recommend using dried herbs. So like um, the Reload Rub Magnum that has dried garlic and dried onion and all of these dried spices and herbs in it fantastic. Whereas fresh garlic, it doesn't cook. It doesn't roast. It gets like a weird fresh off stagnant. Yes. Because you're inside that danger zone that, that, um, you know, 40 to 140 is where bacteria and stuff will grow. It's not, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't help it at all. Whereas 200, you're above that 140. So degree. you got fresh herbs in this. Yes. There is fresh rosemary, fresh oh. garlic in there. That's what I was saying. I was it's like, cooking. what makes it okay this time? But see, I wasn't, uh, that so, wasn't a dig. I didn't know. So oh. that, that garlic, <laughs> that garlic digs. in there is cooked so long and at such a high temperature that it, it's like roasted garlic. It's just going to, mash up right into the potatoes and you're not even going to know it's in there. And so that's cooking at 195. Gotcha. So let's get, so the temp is so high, <coughs> the garlic and the fresh herbs are softening up enough and actually getting, they're actually a cooking. Full cook. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. Well, good deal. So how much longer till we can eat this lamb? You can eat it whenever you want, bro. You ready to rock and roll? Let's eat some lamb. We're going to slice some lamb up, come back, enjoy it and tell you guys how good it is. Continue to hold for our next available agent. Please continue to hold. Okay, so now we're back. We had just partaked in um, partook, 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 partaken, partook, partooken in the lamb, and uh, I thought it was very good. Jeremy, you were. A little, I was a little worried because I had an experience with lamb about a year and a half ago where I got a stomach bug immediately after eating lamb and evacuated it from my body violently. <laughs> and I have not eaten lamb since. I evacuated. I like um, that. But this was good. This is really good. Um, I knew when I smelt it, when it came right off the grill, that I was going to be okay with it because yeah. just the smell of it would like turn my stomach before. But I've come back around and I am a lamb eater now again. Good. I've got an excellent balsamic brown sugar glaze. Not where I thought you were going with that. Okay. <laughs> balsamic. I guess excellent balls. And besides the weird part of the word balsamic, but okay. I wanted to let you know that, Jeremy. Just so you Yeah, speaking of stomach bug. Anyways, but um, that I'm, I made- and It's we a balsamic what? Balsamic brown sugar okay. vinegar glaze. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had it on some venison tenderloin Ever ago, and Stacy was just like sopping it. It up. was so good. I was eating it like after we were done mm-hmm. eating the venison. But, I was eating it with a spoon. But she got a stomach bug hours after that, mm-hmm. and 
we've not made it since because it'll do that. She's like, I won't eat it or whatever. Yeah. So that sounds like it would actually be good on a leg of lamb though. Yeah. Oh, oh my it's, gosh. It's really mm-hmm. good. I, I, I'm trying to, I want to step up my, my glaze game, you know, it's the year of glaze. Yeah, maybe my, maybe my year of glaze. Mm-hmm. Um, so and let you guys jokes. try some of the concoctions I've come up with, but this was very good. I mean, like Jeremy, what I was, what I was actually getting at, I wasn't referring to your stomach bug. Is mm-hmm. you were kind of a little hard yourself because you were thinking I should have taken this about five. So I don't think I got the more. um the meat probe into the deepest part of the lamb. So it's probably five degrees back from where I would want it to be done. I'd have liked to take this about five degrees further um, because we went from like rare to medium instead of like medium rare to medium well. I see. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, I still really enjoyed it. I can see how, like, maybe consistency wise, it might have been more palatable for uh, some other people if it mm-hmm. was done more, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Stacey, you had a. I think consistency wise, it's perfect. It has like a roast beef texture to it. It's really it does, soft. Yeah. It's really juicy. The crust on it was so flavorful. I absolutely enjoyed it. You um, were hesitant about the fresh herbs. I was hesitant about the fresh herbs, but it really, it really came. I didn't know that. A little, yeah, a little bit. I was going to use. She gave me so much crap. She's like, we have to use Magnum. I was going to use like, Magnum oh. and, and add rosemary and thyme to it. Okay. Which I thought would be good. It's something that we could experiment with in in the future. I told um, her since it's our first time, like let's go traditional and just mm-hmm. use the fresh herbs. And it was good because it yeah. had like that garlicky, um, mm-hmm. herby crust. So that that was really good. Um, straight from the smoker, though, I could tell it was going to have a gamey uh, flavor to it, and I, I just I can pinpoint it. And you know, and this is coming from me. You know, I'm married to a hunter, and I eat a lot of a lot of wild game. Um, the the uh, the slight flavor to it like now the parts that um were done a little bit more um did not have that flavor to it but i i can't i can't, can't get past it. Was, it, it it's absolutely delicious but it has that after flavor to it that is just it's not my favorite but see i think that's but that's lamb that's a different in palates though because uh-huh. there's there's some people that like that earthy rich taste uh-huh. that is that some people considered gamey or uh-huh. wild or whatnot to me for me, this tastes like lamb. Mm-hmm. That's my preference. And on it, it does. It's, and so, therefore, lamb is not my favorite. Now, the preparation of it, the flavors that are added to it, like I said, the crust in those parts, I really enjoyed. But then getting deep into the meat of it, it's just not my favorite. Mm-hmm. So I'm just being honest. Sure. I would agree with that. Like, I, I got the end that was towards, like, the dunner side of it. And I actually liked it a lot more than I expected to. But even still, it's not, like, something I would want all the time. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm going to start supplementing beef steaks or whatever with this. <laughs> and it's not the most affordable piece of meat. I mean, this leg of lamb, how many pounds was it? I have no idea. I, I didn't think look at it. about four pounds maybe. And it was 30 bucks. Well, you know, this it really reminded me of prime rib. Yeah, Very yeah, much so. Wise, For yeah. sure. And like that consistency. That consistency. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why I'm biased because that used to be my go-to date. I'd go to this local, uh, this local restaurant here. And like, I was like trying to impress a girl. It was chop house. Mm-hmm. Get the prime rib with burgundy mushrooms and a bottle of Lindemann's red wine. Oh, he never took oh, me we there. We were supposed to have red mm. wine. I thought I didn't want, you're he not, never took me there either. It's because <laughs> <laughs> both of you aren't basic bitches. And, you know, <laughs> That's right. That's oh, why we're married. I wasn't, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't going to uh, treat you like the other ones. Mm-hmm. You made us cook for you. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to see how your foundation was. <laughs> 
So, anyways, I think this is a great dish. Personally, I think if you, I mean, just using lamb itself is is something along is that is impressive to people. It's not your run of the mill cut. You know, it's something that you can make, and people are like, "Oh wow, so and so made lamb," and it's you know, and it's good. I don't think anybody's going to try this and, and not think that it's good. Like you said, no, it was the 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 smoke flavor added to it, the charcoal. I mean. Amazing. It, it really, really was. It's just that small off-putting I, flavor that is just not my favorite. I wonder how this would have tasted if it wasn't over charcoal. So I think the charcoal added some flavor to it. I, don't I think liked it. would it. help with the gaminess that she is talking about. But lamb, like beef or any other thing, it can be cooked a hundred different ways, a hundred different times. You know, there are many different cuts on a lamb, um, a rack of lamb. Um, you can get the shoulder blade. You can get a bunch of different stuff. So I wouldn't, if I were you, I wouldn't write off lamb. I would try some different stuff. You know, you can braise a leg of lamb. It's very different. You know, just because you don't like a certain way that beef is cooked doesn't mean you don't like mm-hmm. beef in general. You know what I mean? I just hate to say that though, because I feel like it's the meat taste that I'm not a fan of. Like I love the flavors added to it. I loved the smokiness. I loved the texture. It's just that slight little, yeah. I mean, I would eat this whole thing. Mm-hmm. No problem. Yeah. But am I like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Like everything else I eat. Like yeah, the, no. the filet from several weeks ago. Oh, God, yeah. that put, that was just amazing. Like that's the new bar for me. What's uh, that? Uh, the filet with the, the, filet with the bone yeah. marrow butter. Yeah. I mean, I, I have not stopped thinking about that yeah. since we Same cooked here. it. Same here. It's that, that is legit. Like something that like, I haven't had food in a really long time. Like, like I said, I've had a Wagyu tomahawk and I have not thought about that. Like I've thought about that. Haltman's mm-hmm. filet. And like, I actually was at Kroger the other day and I saw that they were selling um, beef bones for marrow and they were cut up, but they just, I, I, I don't trust them. Mm. I think the bar was set with the, you know, the canoe yep. style sliced um, bone, bone marrow from Haltman's. Like I'm mm. just too afraid to buy a, a $4 package at yeah. Kroger. Like, yeah. you know, it's not going to be good. It's from whatever they've been cutting up back there. It's mm-hmm. not from some, high quality prime beef cow, you know? Yeah, exactly. not cleaning the knives and just, uh, it just, it just <laughs> looked gross off. in the package. Not like the, the butcher paper wrapped nice package that we got. So and it could be bone all over it. Just maybe not a fair comparison that to the lamb, you know, it's like apples and oranges, but like if I'm picking a protein to eat, I'm still picking beef. Oh yeah. Just personally. Mm-hmm. Well, I can play on that. Like we're not, we don't eat, you know, now that I'm back on lamb again, we're not going to eat it every week. It is not cheap, you know, but once a month. Yeah. You know, some lamb chops. Once a month. That's awfully frequent. So I want to have a, not when you cook 30 times in a month. That's true. Yeah. Something I want to do is I want, I've always kind of wanted to do like a rack of lamb mm-hmm. and I've always wanted to do like some sort of like, like Cabernet or red wine based like, um, glaze with like cherry. Glaze you know, mixed into it. You know what I mean? Glaze, yeah. Yeah. Glaze. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, I want to actually want to uh, talk about something. I want to, I want to jump into, you know, for me, what's something, this is very important to me. It's been very important to our company and, um, you know, kind of what we're basing this podcast episode around, which is, you know, God and Jesus Christ, you know, and what Easter is about and how, you know, Easter is when, you know, Jesus Christ who died for our sins, who was the ultimate sacrifice for us or what to, and then on this day was risen out of the grave. And the reason I bring that up is because, you know, this company we have, this, this seasoning company, my uh, God has played a huge part in my life. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of things in my life that I have, I attribute to him. I attribute this beautiful lady right here. Like I don't like having her in my life. I feel like that he picked her for me. I went through a lot of bad apples and involved him in a lot of my relationships. And he dumped a lot of women for me or broke my heart a lot of times than in to get me to her. Thank you. You're welcome, baby doll. And, but at the same- Chosen by the Lord. <laughs> I, was gonna I am clarify, the nice little package. Clarify that you're pointing at Stacy and not Jeremy. While you're saying all this. Oh, you're not talking about me? Oh, sorry. What? <laughs> Don't listen to him, Jeremy. Um, but no, like, and, and even this company, you know, before we started this company, we were emphatic that God- was going to be a part of this company and that he's going to be at the forefront of this and that we would not be successful and that we would not, you know, start this company unless we put him first. And we've done that. And it has been such a amazing journey. You know, I attribute this, this day because, you know, this day is all about, he's alive, you know, he's risen. And I feel like because he's alive, that I'm alive, that, you know, because I'm getting to experience this with you guys, mm-hmm. these different foods we have, this ride that we're on. I, won't, I don't think I'd know you guys mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the leap of faith that we took mm-hmm. with this company. And, and, and to do this, I mean, Jeremy's just down the road from me. You're just, you're just down the next <laughs> just town. Just two hours away. <laughs> well, I know, but, 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 but the quick real. hour, 45 for sure. minute for drive. Sure. Yeah. Enough that we can make weekend trips and yeah. see yeah. Yeah. our to close the, friends. To the extent that I consider you guys my family and I would do anything for you guys mm-hmm. and, and you all bless us every single day. Um, I'm, I'm very proud of the product that we've put out and proud of the squad that we have. I don't think that's an accident. Um, and I just, uh, I'm grateful for the life that we get to all share together. And I attribute that because I feel like God led us to start this company and he opens doors for us every day. And it's our choice whether or not we want to walk through them and see what's on the other side. Mm-hmm. And we, I'm thankful that me and my wife prayed together and, and thought hard together to walk through the door to start a seasoning company when everything was telling us not to do it, but we did it anyways. And what all has stemmed from it. So mm-hmm. That's, that's what I wanted. I wanted to round that out. You know, I know we, we, we have a lot of fun on here, but I want everyone to know that's listening to this, this, you know, this is the core of, of who we are and what we represent. We want to reload into other people and reload your lives as well. So that's it. Um, you guys got anything to add about the lamb or the Lord Jesus Christ, <laughs> the, lamb of the, the Lamb of God, the Lamb. I will say that's one thing. Did you say it at the beginning of the podcast? I think I did. I, think about I, did, like, yeah. I don't want to eat lamb because it's like it's the like Lamb a, of God, a weird communion type thing almost. You know, yeah. what I mean? like it's the like Last Supper. Well, think well, of, it's like the whole. This is the you know the bread and wine. This is the body and this is the blood. It's like that's kind of how it comes across to me, and that's not a bad thing. I see it now. Yeah. The but, body is like rare. But you know yeah, what? The yeah. body needs to be like a little more like medium well for me. <laughs> yeah, well, let's, 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 we'll do that next time we do heart. Um, a little less rare, a little more, a little more like medium. medium well. Yeah, but but I mean, we get to do this, guys. That's what we're doing. We're breaking bread together. Yeah, fellowship. You know? Yeah, this is a, an amazing fellowship. I look forward to these days with all of you. Um, more than any other day that I really have in my life. You know, mm-hmm. my, mine is coming home and getting to see my family and whatnot. But anyways, but guys, I, I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. I hope you all, if you are interested in lamb, get on it. Cause I'm telling you, it is an amazing cut. Yeah. Maybe a little bit pricey, but it's worth it for a special occasion. Cajun. 
And guys, I hope you all remember the reason for this part of the season that, you know, that our Lord Jesus, that he rose from the grave and made the ultimate sacrifice for us as out of love. And I hope you all pass that along. Be sure to subscribe, guys. Head over to ReloadRub.com. Check out all of our rubs and seasonings and everything you need to reload your food. But make sure you do hit that subscribe button because we want you to listen to this podcast anywhere, anytime, so you can always get good laughs and good fun and reload your life. We love you. We'll see you on the next one. Pray for me to edit this thing. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) This podcast is brought to you by Reload Rub and Seasoning. Head to ReloadRub.com to pick up the full arsenal of our delicious blends, perfect for amping up your next meal. No MSG, clean ingredients, and a portion of every sale is donated to Hungry Heroes, serving those who serve others. So head over to ReloadRub.com and order yours today. Who would win in a fight? Straight up, there's no terrain. I'm talking flat terrain. Stacy's rolling her eyes. Yep. No, there's nothing in there. This is an arena. I get... Flat floor, okay? Silverback Gorilla, Kodiak Grizzly. Who wins? I'm going to go Gorilla. What are the approximate weights of each animal? It's averaged out. So what's the average? I think a Gorilla is about 550 pounds, and a Grizzly averages anywhere from 800 to 12. Grizzly. I'm with no, you. No, I think gorilla. The grizzly is, savage. So, is so much bigger. You're talking about something that's almost double yeah, its size. Yeah, but think about how much quicker the gorilla can move. Have you seen like a Kodiak grizzly? Those things are like 10, 12 feet tall. Okay, but they're massive, but a silverback is, is like, freaking savage and aggressive. Yeah, it's going to be like lumbering so a around. Grizzly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, ugh, here, what, I'm going to paw you what, in the face. Like no, the gorilla is no, going to be able literally to like, run it anywhere. Like 10 swords at the end of its like toes and fingers. Mm, like a huge clawing mouth. So I'll give you that. bite. And it's extremely strong. Grizzly's but, definitely got like the weapons on its hand. Like uh-huh. the gorilla doesn't have that, but I feel like the gorilla could just dodge the weapons. Like it's not, you know what I'm saying? Like there's no real. See, mm. I've heard the argument that the gorilla has opposable thumbs. And oh like, yeah. That and it has that too. That, that, I have a question. It can yeah. choke it. Like, like the gorilla could choke him that. and like <laughs> put his thumbs in his eyes. He could choke, like, choke the bear. He could choke him. Like, realistically, if these two were to fight, they would be in some sort of caged arena and they would be extremely hungry because they're not smart animals and they're trying to kill each other. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you can't take thought into account. It's not like, oh, I'm going to use this arm bar. No, like they're animals. This is the one time me and Jeremy actually agree. I have have always chose the Kodiak Grizzly. It's just a killing machine, man. I've I've always said gorilla. It's so much bigger. It's the, a the, silver the grizzly. Bat. I mean, it's so I, much bigger. I, I, but I think that size is a disadvantage, though. Think no, about a piranha. Weapon. I think you're th- like if, if you watch two grizzlies go the, go at it. They, it, it is no, exactly. It is not a piranha goes ape shit on like a large mammal. Okay, a piranha. No, <laughs> piranhas are only strong because they come in big what groups. What's that sound? Okay, the okay, makes but. <laughs> <laughs> No. And that's what the silverback's doing. The silverback's coming at you agile, aggressive. It's coming at you. It's being sly. It's like, a, no, a no. Grizzly it's not doesn't a group need, of A grizzly doesn't need to be aggressive or, or agile. And it's like, Hurr. it's not like that. They are so freaking quick. <laughs> Do you know how fast they run? They run faster than cars. Like they're incredibly fast. Faster than cars? Yes. Well, what kind of car are we they're twelve, ten to twelve feet tall yeah. on four legs, running. It's like a horse. Like, I'm good. No, it. no, massive. I will say this: a, a, a grizzly is a, they average probably I think thirty miles an hour. I'm okay. looking it up now. What? How fast does as fast as a car? 
a grizzly run. And it's got to be on all fours to do that, right? Like a, a, yes, a but gorilla a, can move around on two feet. But you know, a grizzly can still stand up on two feet. Just and, like an ape. But then when, all, when they but fight when each other. up, all of his like soft inner belly is exposed. Yeah, but what's Same the what, thing with the gorilla? What's, the, what's the gorilla going to do? Like, so, like sock him in the gut? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I picture the gorilla as like a boxer. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Sounds like Adrian <laughs> or whatever Rocky. So, 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 Matt. Then in this fight, would you rather between a boxer and a guy with a knife? Who's going to win that fight? See, it depends like, on if the guy with the knife is a boxer tall, and the boxer is like two feet tall. So, Freddy Krueger versus Muhammad Ali. Who's going to win? A boxer. Maybe Muhammad I stand by Ali. that. Yeah, maybe. So, I have scoured the internet looking for this battle, like in some like underground, like you know, shithole that has made these two animals fight. And I, it's, it just doesn't exist. But I, I, there is a large following of people that like debate this topic. And I'm, I just can't see, I know a gorilla is strong as hell. Don't Silverbacks me- freaking fight leopards. Well, a freaking, yeah, gr- a, a leopard is a quarter of the size of a silverback. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Drink your bourbon and shut up. 